Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. This is our, uh, yeah, we'll let the children go too. Man, I tell you, just wanted to jump in there, didn't I? Hallelujah. Children can go to children's church. Second Thessalonians chapter, uh, no, First Thessalonians chapter 5. There is no chapter 5 in Second Thessalonians. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse, we're rightly dividing the word of truth. Hallelujah, the word has to be divided. We know of at least three ways it has to be divided. It has to, it has to be divided between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And the Bible says in Timothy to, Timothy, to study, to show yourself approved. A workman needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, implying that you could wrongly divide it. Amen. And a lot of people do wrongly divide it. Anyway, so we have to divide between Old Covenant and New Covenant. We have to divide, according to Corinthians, between the Jew... The church and the nations, the Jew, the Jew, God deals with the Jews. He says things to them that aren't for the church. He talks to the church in the Bible and he talks to the nations in the Bible. And if you mix all those up, one thing you're going to get is condemnation. And the church is not under condemnation of any kind. But you're going to find scriptures where he says, I'm going to smite you. And you know, and those, he's talking to the nations. And he's talking to those that don't receive Christ, that don't receive God. Those heathens, the nations, when he's talking about nations, he's talking about heathens. When he's talking about Gentiles, he's talking about the heathen. He's not talking. When he, and, then, and then we have the church. And so we're the church. And we need always remember, family, you are the church. Say that with me. I am, I am the, church. the church. And you know, we're, we're the church not just corporately, we're corporately the church, but we're also individually the church. You are the body of Christ both corporately and individually. Amen. So uh, um, we're the church. And then we know that we have to divide the word spirit, soul, and body. And there are literally scriptures, there are books of the New Testament that if you do not understand spirit, soul, and body thoroughly, you will be confused. And I know that there were certain scriptures, I'm going to get to maybe some of them tonight, that I was very confused on before I, and I'm just like, I don't catch, you know, because it, uh, because I didn't understand spirit, soul, and body at one time. So we're talking about spirit, soul, and body because man is a triune being. God created us spirit, soul, and body. And um, this is the unbeliever, spirit, soul, and body. He, he has a, a, a spirit that is, uh, the devil is his father. He's uh, alienated from the life of God. He's without hope in this world. That's what the Bible says about him. His soul, he's got uh, all sorts of problems in his soul. His, he, he's got depression. He's got, his soul is his mind, will, and emotions. And so, and, and uh, he's negative. He, 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 he believes it's bad. He believe it's, it's going to be bad. He's, um, he's Murphy's Law. What could and can go wrong? We'll go wrong. That's the. If you think like that, you don't have a renewed mind. If you have a what could go wrong, will go wrong attitude. Your mind needs to be renewed. You have stinking thinking. You need a checkup from the neck up, and uh, you got you need help. How Christians aren't supposed to be thinking like that. When you run into a negative Christian. You have found a met someone with an uh, with an unrenewed mind who, like brother, uh, and may have may have a head full of scripture, but has not settled and ha does not have an established heart, like brother uh, Paxton said. 
And then here is his body, and so we know he's got all sorts of sickness and problems in his body because, uh, but just because he's, you know, his spirit and his soul are are feeding his body trash. Amen. And so, you know, I want to tell you something. It has more to do. This has more to do with health than what you eat ever had to do with anything. What you eat has so little to do with anything. Now, I'm not advocating that we all just get a diet of uh, Rudy Tooty Fresh and Fruity, you know, uh, down at IHOP. I mean, I'm not advocating that we can do that. But literally, it has so little to do with it. Most of you are going to be shocked when you get to heaven. Your cholesterol and your those things are more because of the curse in the earth than they are because of what you eat. And, and doctors have proved it. You can change your diet. And my, my mom literally went on four years of no fat. I'm not talking about low fat. I'm talking about no fat. Well, actually... Your body needs fat, and she hurt her body more than she helped it. And so uh, it has little to do with that. And plus, did she lose weight? No. And so, you know, I mean, it's just, uh, it has little to do. It has more to do with faith, has more to do with life, has more to do with what you're saying over your body. And if you believe everything the doctor says, you're going to be sick. They are, uh, I've just, I heard them on secular TV. They said, they get, they, 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 they are sprayed of lawsuits. They do unnecessary surgery. They tell you worst case scenario about everything because they're simply completely afraid of lawsuits. And then even on secular TV, it was 2020 or something, they said, and they also, uh, uh, they also, uh, uh, they, they prescribe unneeded surgeries because some of them greedy. Listen, honey, if they don't operate on you, they can't collect a penny. And so they, and you, now I am not saying, if you're bleeding, go get sewed up. But all I'm saying is don't buy everything hook, line, and sinker. Oh, and you know, some people, it's just like, well, the doctor said, well, Dr. Jesus said something else. Amen. And I'm not saying, well, hey, I think doctors are something that we should use them instead of letting them use us. I think we should use them when the Holy Spirit directs us. And when we know we need to, we ought to use doctors. But we shouldn't let them use us. And you, we should walk out if we need to. I mean, just walk out. We might need to get a second, third, fourth, and fifth opinion until our spirit says... This is right. This is the one. This is the. You ought to have your spirit saying, I don't know why I'm talking about this, but you ought to have your spirit saying, This doctor's okay. Amen. You know, you are to be led by your spirit. Amen. And so it has little to do, more has to do with what's in your soul. He said, Third John 2, Beloved, I desire above all things that you would prosper and be in health as what your soul prospers. If you're not in health, I guarantee you, you don't have a prosperous soul. And if you get your soul to prospering, everything will start lining up in your body. Your body will start lining up. Amen. Okay, Hebrews 9, 12. Oh, we didn't read 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. It's important that you get in faith. You need to get in faith right now. My body's being preserved until the coming of Jesus Christ. When Jesus comes back, my body's being preserved till then. Every organ, every tissue, every cell, my eyes are being preserved, my hearing's being preserved, my teeth are being preserved. I'm not going out of here with any missing parts. You may have some missing already. I have a few missing before I, I learned this, but I'm not miss, I'm not going to miss any more parts. Amen. I've set myself. I've established my heart. And you have to establish your heart because the enemy will try to, to pull on those things. Amen. And, and, and you do it before you get sick. I know Brother Cecil pointed that out very strongly. You do it before you get sick. Establish your heart. That's a good thing. You know, establish your heart before a symptom comes, before you get the doctor's report. Hallelujah. And another thing, don't tell the doctor what you're believing. I don't believe. Well, doctor, God's going to heal me. The Bible says if you have faith, have it unto yourself. And I don't believe in telling them. I just believe in going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, no, I don't agree with him. I don't buy what he says. I don't. And I have seen things turned around in my life. I've seen, I used to get a certain report. I don't know if I've told this. I've told it somewhere. But, um, I, I, you know, now I'm getting where I can't figure out which church I told it in, when I told it, and you know, so I just have to tell it all again. But I was, good. I had to, the doctor, I had something show up in my blood work, and, they say, and it's like a major thing, and they said, you were exposed to this disease, and it showed up in my blood work, and I was like, I never had that disease, and they said, and, and it's only caused by two things, and I'm like, I didn't do any of those things, and uh and come, so they send me to this specialist, a liver specialist. And he said, well, actually, it is caused by more than that. He said, that's why you have specialists, because he indicated that regular doctors don't know these things, you know. Anyway, so, anyway, but every time I go to the doctor, the doctor says, okay, and do blood work. This should, he would want to talk about that. I want to talk about that. And then liver enzymes doing this and liver, and I'm, I just started getting my faith on it, and I just started saying no, and I just started saying all that. Last time I went, he they said, they called, they were so shocked they called me. They never call me when it's negative. They called me and they said, they said, liver enzymes perfect, liver enzymes perfect, amen. Hallelujah! You just get your faith on it. Hallelujah! Sometimes it's just lie of the devil. Seeing if you want to buy, you know, sometimes you go, oh my God, I've got something. Not necessarily. Just because a test says something, don't mean you have anything. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, I don't know why we're talking about that. Hebrews 9 12. I want to talk tonight about eternal redemption. But you remember those things. Sometimes I talk about things and then somebody needs them later. And, you know, in, in fact, God wants to have you prepared ahead of time for anything like that. And He'll have the Word in you, and He'll call the Word to your remembrance. And he'll, you'll even say, I, Miss Debbie said, and okay, I'm not going to either. Hallelujah. Hebrews 9, 12. It says, Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by His own blood He entered in once. Say once. once. He entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Say eternal. eternal. He entered in once 
and he obtained eternal redemption for us. He didn't obtain a, I'm saved, I'm lost. I'm saved, I'm lost. I sinned, I'm, oh, I, I, I slid from grace. I looked in my concordance. I want you to tell me where it is. I looked for, you hear, old, you hear uh, denominational people saying, uh, you're going to sin away your day of grace. I looked. I can't find a scripture that taught. I looked. If you can find it, you tell me where sin Listen, folks, if it's not scripture, it's not God. And they have made up these doctrines. And the church is in bondage to these doctrines. You're going to sin away your day of grace. Now, are we advocating you sin? No. We're not advocating sin. If you sin, you're going to, you're, you're, you may be light on the inside like that, but your soul and your spirit, your soul and your body are going to be dark. You're going to have trouble. It's going to tear your marriage up. It's going to tear your, uh, your body up. The wages of sin are death. You're going to have sickness. You're going to have, I mean, I heard about a man today. I mean, yesterday, a Christian who they opened him up and blood was all inside of him. And he drank, he drank his liver and spleen uh, just destroyed. And, he, and he, he, he looked like this on the inside, but I guarantee you he looked just like that on the outside. And darken, you're not going to have joy. You, I mean, you're not going to have... You, you, and you hear things like... Uh, you hear things like, um, uh, they're going to fall from grace. And I can't find fall from grace. I can find some things where I can find where you can lose your salvation, but we'll talk about that later. But he said, I, He have obtained what? Eternal redemption. You are saved eternally. And when you realize what God did with the old man, He destroyed him. He can't find him to give him back to you when, he, when you sin. He can't find him. He's destroyed. Okay, but see, people get saved, and initially when someone gets saved, they feel brand new. That load of sin is lifted off of them, and if you can remember back to when you got saved, I was 10, but I even remember feeling good, feeling clean, feeling light. And if you can remember back to when you got saved, that's usually how a, a, a person newly saved feels. They feel like a brand new person. But you know what? No, it's not long after you get saved until you mess up. All of us, shortly, won't be a few days after you get saved till you're going to mess up. And many times people get saved and then they slip back into the old things that they were doing before they were saved. And then they begin to think, with help from the devil, maybe I was, maybe I was changed, but now I've blown it. And there's so many Christians out there that are walking under the condemnation of, I was saved, but now I've blown it. And, uh, but that's not how it is. And you know, some of them have blown it a lot. You know what I'm saying. Depending on how you was raised and, and depending on your personality. You know, I don't even have a personality to sin. I mean, I sin, but to just go out and just... I don't, you know why? Because I'm not a risk taker. I protect my... I, I'm always protected my body. 
I wouldn't be caught down on the strip buying drugs, you know. Why, somebody might mug me or something, you know. And you know what I'm saying? It's just not even, even if I wanted to, it's not in my personality. And so there's some people that you think, well, why are they so good? It's not because any of us are good in our, you know, some of we sin, all sin in some way. All of us sin in some way. But some people are very careless and, and like they don't even think about you know, and so they'll go out and sin in ways that I wouldn't think about. And so some of it's personality, some of it's upbringing. If you were brought up under morals, under a code of conduct, so to speak, some of it is if your parents paddled you. I believe in paddling kids because if you don't paddle them, they got rebellion bound up in their heart and they're going to go out and they're going to just rebel. And so you drive it out with the rod of correction. Um, that's what the Bible says. So... Um, they, they feel like they've blown it. And, but what we need to understand is what is done in the Spirit. What's done in the Spirit is constant. It is eternal. It is unchanging. It does not fluctuate based on performance. Now we're going to be a lot happier if we don't sin. But you know the fact is, none of us can keep from sinning. One of the things, problems we have in the church is that we just think there's big sins. And then there's little sins. And we don't think that, that, uh, that being full of strife is a sin. Man, if we just had to throw everybody in the churches that was full of strife out of churches, boy, there'd be some empty churches in Tuscaloosa County. I'm thankful to say that word of life would not be one of them. But... Uh, uh, because we got a revelation that we're just not going to get in strife. That doesn't solve anything. You're not going to solve it in strife. Because they haven't solved it down at First Church. And so we know they had not solved it. So with strife, and they've probably been in strife since 1842 when they started. I don't know when it was, but something like that. They got a little head start on us, don't they? When we've been, we won't be here that long, but if we were here till 150, how many is that, 150 years? Is that more than that? 160 years? If we, so we, let's see, we've been started seven, we could stay about 153 more years, we'd have a big stained glass and a, and a war chest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because <laughs> some of you could get rich and die and go home and leave us in here. Of course, we'd have to go too. We'll be going, oh, no, never mind. Hallelujah. Colin and Eric would have the war chest, wouldn't they? They'd inherit it. Anyway, okay. Hallelujah. Y'all aren't being funny tonight, are you? <laughs> Y'all are serious. You know, we have sometimes prisoners in jail. A uh, lot of people get saved in prison. And, you know, they come, people come in and they preach the gospel and they know their lives are ruined. They know they ruined their lives. And they hear the gospel and people come in and say, God loves you. God wants to change you, which is true. And, you know, they come up, they pray the sinner's prayer, and they get that eternal benefit. But a lot of times they're looking for change right now on the outside. And when they wake up the next morning, they're still in the same prison cell. And they still got the same penalties against them. 
They still got to serve the time. And, they're, and sometimes they get confused about that because they wanted God. They thought God was going to change everything and everything's the same. And some of you were the same way. You got saved and same, you're the same person on the outside and you go to the same old job and you have the same discouraging circumstances and you look in your pocketbook and it looks the same. You look in your checkbook and it looks the same. You look at your body and sometimes it looks the same. And, you, and the devil... Uh, begins, you know, you get saved and, and a lot of times you get more problems than you had before because now the devil starts to throw stuff at you because he wants to, to stop your witness. And you know, if we don't understand spirit, soul, and body and what happened in, in redemption, in eternal redemption, we can become confused. If you're looking for change to happen in the physical realm, in the body, in the soul, if you're looking for change in the physical realm, uh, after you get saved, you're going to be disappointed. I want to tell you something because change begins and is already complete in the spirit. When you're born again, the change it begins here and it's already complete here. You're complete in Him. And you know what? How much the, the soul and the spirit, uh, the body, excuse me, how much the soul and the body change is entirely up to you and not God. And a lot of people are waiting for God to change their circumstances. And He told us the principles. And certainly He gives us His anointing. And He gives us revelation. And those are the things He helps us with. But it's really up to us what we do and what we do with the Word. What we take the Word and do with it is how much our circumstances are going to change and how much our body's going to change and how much our soul's going to change. And if we don't do anything with the, with the, with the things that He has given us, the, the, the weapons of our warfare, the tools that He has given us, then we, are not, we will see very little change. We'll be born again. We'll go to God's heaven if we die. But we will have the same old life on earth. That is. And you know what? The more you sin, the quicker you're going to get to heaven. If you want to get there quick, just sin a bunch. Because it'll get you there. This man was 40 years old. Something 42. That they opened him up full of blood. Gave him 25 pints. I thought, we didn't really have that much to spare. I've heard on TV. But hallelujah. I'm not laughing at it. I'm sad about it. But I want to tell you, he knew. He knew. And you know, it's just, you know, a lot of it's just bad teaching. Bad teaching. A lot of it's just bad teaching. Okay. Um, he, Ephesians 4.24. What we do with the Word of God. What we do with what God has given us. And you know, sometimes you go, I got so much against me, I don't even know where to start. Well, you start where you're at. If you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, you start praying in tongues. If you don't know anything else, you start praying in tongues. And, and that will lead you to a revelation. And when you, every time you get a revelation from God, you act on it. And if you, you know, I have found that if you would just come to church every time, three times a week, your life, just what you get by impartation in church. A lot of people's lives just don't change because they never really get faithful. And it's all about the Word. If you just go hear a bunch of religion, a bunch of religious mumbo jumbo, you're not going to you're not going to see the change because it's the word, it, it, the word that changes us. Amen. And I'm not talking about just inspired. You know, you gotta, you gotta, you can discern if the word's there. Okay, Ephesians four twenty four. It says, uh, and the, and and that she put on. 
and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. He said the new man, the born again man, he is created in righteousness. He is created in true holiness. I don't care. You may not feel holy tonight. That doesn't, I don't care. You are. If you're born again, you are holy. You are 100% holy and you are 100% righteous. Amen. And you, and, and you know, if you think I'm, if one of us is, all of us are. And he says that you put on the new man. And so what we are supposed to do, that's what the new man is like. He's righteous. He's true. He's pure. He's pure and holy. And so we have to put him on these other parts. We put him on. We begin to act like the righteous man. We begin to act like a holy man. We begin to put on the new man. Begin to act like a new man. Begin to acknowledge the new man. I'm born again. I'm saved. And I know that I am. Amen. I've been delivered. I've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness. Sin does not have power. You begin to acknowledge that. Sin hath no power over me. Amen. You are no longer a slave to sin. That man, he was addicted in his soul and in his body probably to alcohol. But he was not a slave to sin. He's like that proverbial elephant that doesn't know his legs have been unchained and he's still walking in the same circle. That man was free and didn't know it. Amen. Well, praise God, he's in heaven. Hallelujah. Um, we're glad for that. We're thankful. Where was I? Ephesians 4.24. Okay, we read that. Let's move on. Um, how fast you're out... Oh, I already told you that. Turn to 2 Corinthians 5.21. Sometimes I'll get a little ahead of my notes. Hallelujah. So you can make it change as fast as you want it to change. God's not, you're not waiting on God. God's waiting on you. So how fast you want change? You, want more, you need more finances? You get on it. You get on it. You want healing? You get on it. Amen? Get your mind renewed. Get your heart established. Whatever it takes. Pay the price. Amen. Second Corinthians five twenty one. Are y'all with me? Hallelujah. Um, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That man is righteous. That spirit man is righteous. And so you ought to be able to say, "I'm righteous." If you if if, if saying "I'm righteous" bothers you, your mind's not renewed. Your mind's not renewed. You're looking at the wrong person. You're looking at your outward man. You're looking at your actions. You're looking at your feelings. You're looking at your thoughts. You're looking at the wrong person. If you need to begin to acknowledge what is in you in Christ Jesus, if you'll begin to say, I'm righteous, this man will begin to want to act righteous. Amen. Hallelujah. Right, you are the righteousness of God in Christ, in the Spirit. It was a divine exchange. Here, uh, uh, he said, see, usually we have no problem believing that He hath made Him to be sin for us. We, a lot of times, will grab hold of the first part of that verse, but we have more trouble grabbing the second part of the verse. But man, if the first part's true, then the second part's true, right? And you want to know, how could God see me righteous? Turn to John 4, 24. John 4, 24. How could God see you righteous? I'll tell you how He sees you righteous. You know, most people don't even know they have a spirit. They still just think God saved their soul. 
lot of people don't even know they have a spirit. And they don't, they, don't, they don't even know. They don't even know they're different than dogs and cats. Folks, you're different. God, human beings, men and women, mankind is the only being God ever created three parts in His image, spirit, soul, and body. Animals have bodies and souls. They have bodies and souls, but they do not have spirits, and they are not eternal creatures. Now, there are dogs in heaven, and there are animals in heaven, and they may be create they may look just like the one you had on earth but that's just to bless you folks i know I i'm sorry but y'all just gonna have to accept the truth jazzy's not gonna be there folks and it wouldn't be heaven for me if every dog was there you know the little movie all dogs go to heaven our kids saw that when they were younger or i don't know if they maybe they didn't but anyway i remember all dogs go to heaven it's like if all dogs go to heaven they need to have a separate heaven for me. Anyway, <laughs> and if all cats go, and if all cows go, and if all alligators go, and if all flies go, and all mosquitoes. John 4, 24, are y'all there? God is a spirit. God is a spirit. How can God see you righteous? God is a spirit. And they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. God puts you, He, he puts in you a spirit that is righteous. And when you go before God, only go one way. If you want to worship God, He's not receiving worship any way but by this man. We don't go before Him in our flesh. We don't go before Him in our soul. We go before Him in spirit. It's not so much, you know, some people think this verse is talking about those that worship Him must worship Him in spirit. Ooh. And they, th they think it's talking about getting off in some little ozone layer or something. But it's not. It's not. It's talking about going before Him and knowing I'm righteous. Knowing I'm a spirit and I'm not looking at the flesh. I'm, you see, your flesh will never measure up. I don't care what you do, you'll sin some way. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, <clears throat> So we never approach God based on the flesh or soul. We can't approach Him based on our actions, good or bad, or our thoughts, good or bad. Because, you know, if you approach God based on your actions, it will cause you to back off. Now, you may do okay today because you may not have really done anything, but tomorrow you will do something. You'll slip and say a bad word. You'll get mad in Walmart. That'd be easy. That'd be easy. I've heard of people, you know, preachers on purpose getting some, somebody that thinks they, they, they're not a sinner or getting them mad on purpose, just on purpose. And I could get in your face and on purpose get every one of you mad tonight. And you could get in my face. You wouldn't, probably wouldn't take much to get me mad. No, <laughs> hallelujah, just kidding. So you, if you will back off if you go to God ever based on your thoughts and actions. So... Um, it is the wrong approach to God. You know, a lot of times we go with something like this. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. I failed you so miserably, God. God, have mercy on me. Anybody ever said that? Don't raise your hand. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. I failed you so miserably, God. Oh, God, I feel so bad. Oh, God, I'm so sorry I did that. Did you know that approach is standing before God in your own righteousness? That's looking at your own actions. That's looking at your own thoughts. And you cannot go before God that way. We don't go before God feeling guilty. 
That, and he only gave us 1 John 1, 9 for one reason. 1 John 1, 9 says that if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He is not talking about this man. He does not need to forgive him. He does not need to cleanse him. He's just talking about that you've gotten it in your soul. Now you're feeling guilty and you need something. You need, you need to, you just need to release that. And so you go to God, you say, Father, I sinned. I'm sorry. I ask you to forgive me. And you know, family, you have to receive that by faith. You don't, you're not, your feelings are not going to line up. And the devil's not going to shut up just because you repent. In fact, the devil, when he hears you repent, is going to come and condemn you some more and say, oh, you know, and you're, oh, and it's terrible and they're thinking such bad things about you. And oh, you shouldn't have said that. That, you know, sometimes I go home, I go, oh my God, I shouldn't have said that. Everybody in the church is going to leave, you know, and the devil will just whip and whip and whip if you'll let him. But you don't approach, but you know what? we got to, by faith, believe that He forgives us and just receive it by faith. Um, <clears throat> God can only relate to you and fellowship with you through your spirit. All of us, all of us still sin and come short in our flesh. You will never totally please God in your actions and in your thoughts. No one can ever totally please Him in actions and in thoughts. Now, certainly, we walk in love more. You know, we walk in faith more, and we are, we're certainly growing, we're certainly improving, but there will never be a perfect man in the soul, in the soul and in the body until we are resurrected. And um, so God only relates to us in our spirit. Uh, you will never, let's see, some uh, people totally rebel, but some just aren't everything they should be. You know, it's the same sin to God. Whether you're in total, outright rebellion against God and you're down at the strip and you're buying booze and buying it for all your friends. That's total, outright rebellion for you. That would be total, outright rebellion for this group. Or whether you're just not doing everything you should be. You missed it. You sinned. You missed it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Turn to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5. So we can't go to God that way. Because we've all missed it. I've missed it today. You've missed it today. You know, you, even if you didn't do anything, you could have done more. I know the devil's always faithful with that. You could have done more bit, isn't he? <laughs> Hallelujah. But see, we need to just, we need to get out of that. We don't earn God. We don't earn God's favor. You cannot earn His favor by what you do. You are favored of God because of who you are, not because of what you do. Amen. You are favored of God because you are... Fa and you know what releases the favor? Because some people seem like they have more favor. What releases the favor is not works either. What releases the favor is faith. Believe in your favored. It's not works that releases the faith. I used to think it was works. I really did. Now, I thought I got saved by faith. But I thought, now, if I will go to church every time the doors open, and I'll tithe, and I'll give offerings, and I'll... And I just had a long list. I had a real long list. If I'll pray an hour a day, and if I'll do all this, then I will have more favor with God. But really, if God has favor on anyone, I'll tell you who He favors. He favors those that are in faith. 
If you see favor in somebody's life, it's not their works. It's their faith. And you know what used to really throw me on this because I was really into that works for favor is we had these friends, they live in Houston, Scott and Terry Haynes, and they just didn't do anything by the book. They didn't keep all the set of rules that I had for me. And yet they were full of joy in their salvation. They loved God. I knew they loved God and I knew they were always, oh, praise, they were always praising Him. They were a good witness to people in the community. They were always sharing about Christ. And, and you know, and yet they didn't keep all this list of rules I had. They were free from all those rules. And you know what? They had such favor and blessings on their life. I mean, he worked for Amarada Hess and he made a tremendous salary. Anyway, but he like invented something. God just gave him a revelation of how to get more gas out of the ground. And they're, you know, all, you know, these oil companies, they always want to get more out. And he got a revelation of how to do that. Just an engineering miracle, an engineering marvel. He got that. And he is just like high up. At Am and when everybody else is getting laid off at Amarada Hess, Scott is high up. He's in Houston office. You know, I have all these rules that I used to go by. And sometimes I try to slip back into that. But I, you know, because sometimes even by personality, some of us are more legalistic even in our personality than others. You know what I'm saying? Okay, but that's the wrong approach to God. You are not favored. You're favored because of faith. Now, because we're favored and because we know His love and because we love Him, He's just... Fun. And man, I tell you, it's a new surprise what God wants to say in your life and do in your life every day. That's why we want to go spend time with God. That's why, you know, you know, that's why we want to pray. That's why we want to fellowship with God. I mean, I'm going to hear something that is going to just whoo, put me in another place. I'm going to hear something. I'm going to I'm going to get blessed when I read the Bible. Oh, not that I, oh God, i got to do my daily Bible reading. Oh, I did it, God. I didn't get a thing out of it. My mind wandered the whole time. And oh, I used to read the Bible like that a lot of times. But no, I tell you what, it's like, oh, this is going to be good. And so you're reading along. Sometimes now I'm like, I don't even have to, I don't even do a daily Bible reading like, oh, you have to do so many chapters. I just read along and I'll get so blessed sometimes, like, oh, praise God, just shut my Bible and walk around. And, you know, I didn't read but four verses and I already got blessed. Amen. And then some of but you know, you've got to get out from underneath this load of guilt. That is not God. That is not God. Um, where am I at? Did we get Ephesians 1? Oh, verse 5. Ephesians 1, 5. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved. We are accepted. We're not tolerated, y'all. God is not just putting up with us. Now, we're putting up with each other. And sometimes we get to thinking God's like us. I know y'all are putting up with me, but I want to tell you something. I'm a lot easier to put up with. You ought to think about our first church and when we was first starting out, what they had to put up with. Woo! I know. They, they survived it. 
Hallelujah. But he's not, God's not like us. He's not just, you know, he's not just tolerating us. You know, he, you know, I may not really like everybody's personality, but you know what? God likes your personality. Did you know that? He's accepted you and he likes you. He thinks you're fun. He thinks you're cute. He even thinks you're pretty. I like how Pastor Buzzy, purdy. He said, when Pastor Buzzy said, my wife thinks I'm purdy, I thought, ooh, love is blind. <laughs> and don't y'all tell him I said that. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I mean, but God thinks we're purdy. He does. He thinks you're cute. And you know what the funny thing is? Yeah, the more we get in God and in the Spirit, I kind of think you're cute too. Do y'all know? I, I mean, y'all look good to me. I mean, and it's not an outward thing because not all of us are beauty queens. But I think you look good because there's something. It's it's not. It, it's because we're we're so in this man. We're so in this man. You know, we're in him, and we're just not. But you know. And you come to church and somebody say you're pretty and walk down the street and somebody do some sort of dog howl or something. Because the world don't see us like... See, the world doesn't see us like the church sees us. Amen. God is pleased with you. I want you to know God is pleased with you. You say, well, boy, I just have not been where I should have been. Did you know not anybody in here has, is where we should have been? But if you quit relying on you, we talked about this before. If you'll quit trying to live for God and start letting Him live through you. If you'll quit limiting Him and say, God couldn't use me today. I didn't read my Bible this morning. God could, I used to feel like that. God couldn't use me today. I didn't pray today. And I tried hard to pray every day. But you know, I think God just messes up your day sometimes. On purpose, just so you'll know. This is grace, folks. This is not works. And don't turn your faith off just because you didn't pray. You still got faith. You still got faith in the, you know, and of course we need to pray. And uh, we need to strengthen ourselves. We need to strengthen the soul man. We need to build ourselves up reading in the Word of God. It builds us up. It establishes our heart. And we need to do those things. But don't turn off. I used to just turn off everything. Well, you know, I have even felt this way like, well... I just blew it today, God. Well, I'll just start fresh tomorrow. But that's not how it is. He's, you're accepted. You're, he's not tolerated. He's, he's very pleased with you. He's very pleased with you. Amen. Verse 13. Um, In whom ye also trusted... After that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. I tell you, this being sealed is very spectacular revelation. When you get the revelation that your spirit man has been sealed. When you got saved, you got sealed. Adam wasn't sealed. Adam wasn't sealed. Everybody has to have free choice. Adam had to have free choice. But see, you already made your free choice. Because you didn't used to be sealed and you were born looking just like this on the inside and one day you made a choice. And in that instant, you were transformed into looking like this. And when, he, when, you, when you made the choice, He sealed you. Boy, you're sealed by the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. And that is such a wonderful revelation. Um, in Ephesians 4, verse 30, it says it again. Ephesians 4, 30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed 
unto the day of redemption. You're sealed right up until the day. Amen? Of redemption. 1 John 4, 17. We'll just go till we can't go no longer. 1 John 4, 17. Herein is our love made, man, made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world. Now, He's not talking about our body, because we know that's not right. As He is, where He's not talking about our soul, He's talking about our spirit man. As He is, so are we in this world. You're a, you're a little Christ. You are a little anointed one. You know, when people say, uh, uh, He believed on Christ, they are, that's not right. Now, I know they mean well, but Christ is not who Jesus is. They need, if they, just, they need to believe on Jesus, not on Christ. Christ means the anointing. The anointed one in His anointing. But you are a little Christ. So I, if they say, I believed on Christ, you ought to say, which one? Which one? Because you are a little Christ, and you are, you're a little anointed one. Amen? Not little in the sense of, oh, you're just a, you know, but little in the sense of below Jesus. Below Jesus. Amen? And when we say little, we're not talking about little in compared to each other or anything. Okay, so you've been 1 Corinthians 6, 17. Can y'all turn there quick? Amen. This is good. You have eternal redemption. 1 Corinthians 6, 17. But he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. You've been joined. You are one. And that one there means singular one. You are joined to the Lord and you are one spirit with the Lord. You can't, you can't tell in your spirit, man, you can't tell where Jesus starts and you start. Stop or, or, have, or the other way around. You can't tell which is which. You can't tell. You're one with Him. You're complete in Him. You're not lacking anything. You don't need to, to, to you don't have a wounded spirit. You gotta, if you're wounded, your soul's wounded. And you can get over it fast. You don't need healing in your spirit. You know, you've heard spiritual healing. No, you don't need spiritual healing. Your spirit's healed. Amen. If you'll start acting on the Word of God, and you'll start, and you'll take the word of God. You can rise up above all that. I don't care what you've been through. If they, if they, and Lisa was a perfect example of rising up over being beat, abused, sexually abused, mentally abused, every kind of abuse. She just, hallelujah. But you know, if we go around talking about those things and believing, you know, here's the here. Let me just summarize it here, folks. Whatever you believe, you have. If you believe you have it, you have it. You're going to have exactly what you believe. You're going to have exactly what you believe. You know why we don't get instant healings? Because we believe it's going to take a while. We be, we've been taught, even in Word of Faith, we were taught this in Word of Faith, that so not all healings are instant. Having done all to stand, stand therefore, which isn't talking about healing. And we were taught it's going to take a while. That's why. That, now, that's why a bunch of them aren't instant. We could be having a lot more instant healings. And then the other reason we're having not instant healings is because we're not praying right. That's another main reason. 
But you can be praying right, but if you believe, well, you know, I'm going to have to recover from this. It's going to take a while. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to stand. I remember believing I'm going to have to stand a long time for this. And you know what? What you believe, that's what you're going to have. Just exactly how you believe it, that's how you're going to have it. God's not going to override what you believe, so it's important that you start believing right. Amen? Amen. So you've been sealed. That word sealed means it's the same word, it's like being canned. Like we can fruits and vegetables. Well, I don't mean like I'm going to can you, kill you. You know, I'm talking about, I'm talking about, what do you call that? It, yeah, I know, but what do you call that? Preserve, like fruits and vegetables that you put in a can and you, and they see, you put it in a pressure cooker and you seal the top. And it's actually, a, it's called a hermetical seal. It's hermetically sealed. And it's, uh, that, it's airtight. No airborne impurities can cause your spirit to spoil. You've passed from corruption into incorruption. You've passed from darkness into light. And you were born of incorruptible seed. It cannot be corrupted. Amen? And so you're sealed. And there's another. Let me just say this and we'll end on this. And you can meditate on this all week. When a Christian fails... Sins, fails, messes up, blows it. The rottenness, the defilement does not penetrate his spirit. Because he's sealed. It does not penetrate his spirit. You know, we don't under... See, when people sin, especially if they do something to us, we want to send them straight to hell. Don't we? Amen. If you don't believe that, just... Wait. Somebody will do something to you and you'll want to send them straight to hell. Hallelujah. But God is not like us. Thank heavens. He is not like us. And He does not, He's not looking at that. It does not penetrate our spirit. And you know, it's just like, the, you know what? The goodness of God is just, it's just too awesome, isn't it? It's like, like somebody said, it's nearly too good to be true news. It's like that. That's just too good to be true. God couldn't be that good. Well, He is. He is total goodness. He is total light. He, there is no darkness in Him. There's no shadow of turning in Him. There is not one desire in God to punish anybody. He does not have... Anytime God punished somebody in the Old Testament, He only did it for one reason. Not because He wanted to. Not because He hated sin so much. He knew man was a sinner. He knew He couldn't help it. The only reason God did anything like that was to preserve righteous seed. If He didn't stop sin, He had to get Messiah here. Or we would all be eternally lost. And it took Him 4,000 years to do it. Not because he's just like, oh, I think I'll wait a long time and let a lot of people die in their sin and go and live in purgatory or wherever they went in the Old Testament. No, he couldn't get him here any faster. He was working with man, and he was working with a man that looked just like this. Oh, actually, look. Well, actually, well, he was looking. He was working with men that at best they looked like this. Most of them looked like this. 
And he was working with these kind of men trying to get Messiah here to redeem us from our sin. And it took 4,000 years for him to do it. It took him how long? How, I, don't, I don't really know the dates on this, but it took him a long time to just get Isaiah to say he'll be born of a virgin. It couldn't happen until somebody said it. L nothing can happen in your life till you say it, until somebody says it. Nothing happens in the earth that the prophets don't say it first. Somebody's got to say it. If you want to prosper, you better start saying it. You better start saying it. And not just, oh God, send me money. No, you start to start saying, I've been redeemed from poverty and I'm prosperous and hallelujah. And what I put my hand to prospers and money comes to me and hallelujah. And he gave us a system. And he said, if you'll work this system of seed time and harvest, this will work for you. Use your seed. Put money in, put money in the kingdom. You'll have treasure in heaven. You'll have harvest. You'll have harvest. But I want to tell you something. You are, the, you, are the, you, are, you are the Lord of your harvest. You are the commander of your harvest. You're in charge of your harvest. God is not in charge of your harvest. I just got a big revelation of this recently. God is not in charge of your harvest. He's not doing anything unless you use your mouth to harvest the seed. He's not doing... He's, now, he, and I know we get blessings and stuff, but I'm talking about you're in charge of your harvest. And here's what the Holy Spirit showed me to start saying. I'll just give you this little tidbit. I've got a huge harvest out there. I cannot tell you how huge my harvest is of how much seed I've sown and how much seed He's sown. And we've sown together. and uh, We've sown apart. We've sown together. We've sown in every way. And I have got a tremendous harvest. I, but I'm in charge of my harvest. And for years I've been letting God, used to let God be in charge of my harvest. And I got a few little blessings trickled down, but I didn't get near the harvest I needed. And so, and here's what the Lord showed me. I've been, you know, we know we command our angels. Your angels are going to do what you command. And so here's what I've, I've been saying to my angels. I've been saying a long time, angels, go and cause my harvest to come. Go bring money to me. But I've been saying this way. I've been saying, angels, you know where my harvest is. Go get it. In Jesus' name. You know where my heart... Your angels know where your harvest is. And did you know some of your harvest may be in Bangladesh? Some of your harvest... I don't know where it's at. I don't care if it's sunk to the bottom of the ocean on some treasure ship. Amen. They know where your harvest is at. That your angels know where it's at. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, we'll stop there. But Amen. next week, now I've laid all this foundation about eternal redemption. And next week I want to talk about how you can fall from grace and unpardonable sin and, uh, and all that. So next week, we'll dump that on you, that load.